Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I found hope again in this campaign. And I truly mean that because yeah. I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know, personally, professionally, everything just felt like it was gone. And right. so I wasn't self-nurturing because I was so upset. And doing this, as hard as it has been, as challenging and like I'm learning so much, it has given me this new sense of hope in so many things. Yeah. And that's nurturing me. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I have the privilege of celebrating the most extraordinary women in tech here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. And right now I get to celebrate possibly a future Congress member. Possibly. Go ahead, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. This is great. Thank you. My name is Anita Malik and come from the tech world, used to be in content technology and product development and just saw what was happening and thought, you know what? We need more women. We need more women in office. And so I am running now in Arizona's 6th district for Congress and hoping to be the first Congresswoman for us. So get no. Well, for that district. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be great. That's really exciting. Okay. How do you go from tech (laughs) To politics. <laughs> you know, you it, it's a great question. <laughs> and sometimes I still wonder that myself. But I think you really need to look at it. And what's happening right now with the current kind of political climate, it's it's not about we want candidates. We want politicians. We don't want politicians anymore. We really want people yeah. that come from across industries, that come from different walks of life, that will be able to represent people in different ways and right. understand those experiences. Yeah. So for me, it was, okay, what is missing? And I think a, a, there is a clear lack of tech exper- expertise, excuse yeah. me, tech expertise in our government, people not understanding what you know is happening with technology and not being proactive. For me, it was looking at and saying, okay, we're very reactive. We love to talk about privacy concerns. Right. We love to talk about cybersecurity when there's a breach. Right then nothing happens. Right. And where are we working with the you know private and public sector together? Where are we, do, where are we doing that so that we can make sure that, you know, we're having public safety in mind. A hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, it was a, it was a natural transition of, I have the skill set. you know, you've worked in tech. Yeah. 
you got to a you got to fight with the guys all the time. That's normal. So I'm used to this part of the, the campaigning part. Um, you're usually an outsider for change as a woman. And it is really about building consensus, working with product teams, working with development teams and designers and, you know, just whatever, whoever your team is, whatever your role is, it's collaboration. It's what business is about. It's what tech is about. We're missing that in government. And okay. Before we even move forward in the conversation, how can people support you advance as a congresswoman? So, I mean, there's a lot of ways people here in Arizona can obviously help volunteer. We're knocking on doors. We're going old school, traditional that way. And then we're also very heavy in digital. Um, and I think it's something that people have used, we, as we know, not, not for the best purposes in the past, but it's also a great way to reach different audiences. So for people outside of the state, the best help is to just spread the word, spread the word. We always can take contributions. Um, that is how, you know, campaigns, unfortunately, are won a lot of times. It's really about spreading the message. You don't need a lot of money. Unfortunately, people think you do, but you do need enough to get your message out. So, And people who will want to support you who don't know you and then by the end of this interview will want to support you, where can they go? What number do they text? What Who do they email? See, good thing you're asking me these things because <laughs> I wouldn't promote my own website. So Anita for Eric arizona.com for or the number four because we're tech and we know we'll have both yeah, <laughs> it'll, yeah. re, it'll redirect you so yeah. that's good um and you know you can find all the information about where i stand what my background really is in tech and in content i'm a journalist as well and what they can do to help nice so, yeah okay let's let's rewind now okay and start tech did you grow up with technology in your home Yes, as much as you know, we had back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad was an engineer, computer engineer, mechanical engineer, and went into the computer side of things. And so that was always a, a big deal. And we would grow up with friends. A lot of, you know, in our culture, there's a lot of engineers and a lot of doctors, but we had a lot of friends whose the, the dads would get together and they'd all want to go computer shopping with my dad because right. he was the only one that really got it. They were all doctors. And it was very cute. You know, but they were the big IBMs, the clunky ones. And we thought we were the high tech people on the block. So it was pretty exciting. The big, the big briefcase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And so we always were encouraged to explore things and technology. My brother is also an engineer and was very much the kind of the kid that would break things apart to figure out how to put them back together. Right. And so that's just who we were. And yeah. then what was your first parlay into the tech world in a more professional way? So I started out, I, you know, I actually had a very short time that I went to MIT. Um, I went there for a little bit as a student and thought I would go into engineering and chemical. I really enjoyed chemistry. And so I thought mm -hmm. I'd go into chemical engineering and it just didn't, something was missing there for me. Right. So I came back and I went to, and I decided, you know, what, instead of going hardcore computer science or hardcore engineering, I did the business side of it. Right. So I did computer information systems and I started out coding just like probably a lot of people do back. When it was like the C plus plus days. Um, and you know, I loved that. You I didn't still... have the resources that exist today. No. no, I mean, that's pretty amazing that you advanced yourself in programming when it was really hard to pick up any language. Yeah. I mean, you really had to just kind of start with the core. If you learned the core, I mean, they even taught us parts of basic back yeah. then because it was like learning the foundation of how language is built, right? right. Of, of computer code. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was one of those things that I still, people know that when I get time, even on the campaign, like I like to do my own stuff on the website because I get enjoy out. it. Yeah. So because awesome. I kind of miss that moment where you can go, I've always been this kind of person. I just shut the door and solve that challenge, solve right. that problem. Um, even if it was data, so I started getting into databases later in my career, loved working with databases right. and schemas. It sounds very geeky, but that's just who I became. And 
it's that moment of just being able to break stuff apart, figure out again, kind yeah. of like my brother did yeah. how to put it back together and make it work and feeling like then you've accomplished that problem and you can move on to the next. Totally. So I miss that part of it. Um, but my career went kind of more into the analyst role and then I went into the project management side of tech and then I got into the, you know, the management side. Yeah. So, yeah. What's interesting to me is everything that you said in that's built up to where you are today. It sounds like a bridge, all of it from, uh, from data, understanding people, mm-hmm. understanding how like a big gr- group works together, mm-hmm. um, from j- just the strategy behind it, from debugging the code, whatever, you know, yeah, just right. the, like using technology in order to solve a very specific problem, using now in politics and wanting to solve a very specific problem. Right they actually sound one and the same the way that you talk about it. Yeah, I think they are. I think a lot of things that we do, it's the same skill set, right? It's the same way that your mind works to solve those challenges and yeah. those problems. You just use different tools. Yeah. And, you know, I, people always say, it's really fascinating what you've done with your career. But when I was going from technology and then in the middle there, I said, ah, I'm going to go and get a master's in journalism. Right. I think people thought it was crazy. Yeah. But it was that understanding that like these skills all the things we learn, life is continuous learning, right? right? And all the things we learn, you can apply those just in general in life. I I couldn't predict necessarily where things were going. We saw, it was the beginning of kind of content coming up in terms of journalism, journalism companies saying, what do we do? There's there's this thing called the internet. So I could kind of say, you know, I have this skill set, but I want this as well. So I can help navigate that. And that really showed me something that experience of pairing those two and realizing that was a smart move in terms of just lifelong learning. And right. you can really take those principles to anything was when I decided to run for office. Yeah. I said it, it was, it was that experience that made me feel okay that, you know, you can do this because yeah. again, it's the same skills, Yeah, the skills that people aren't talking totally. about. I mean, here's the problem I have with you running for office. You're really too cool. Oh, you're so like, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand what's happening right now. You're awesome. Totally could grab a glass of wine with you. Like you're not supposed to be a I'm politician. A light, I'm a lightweight. You would not have fun with me at all. You'd be like, this is so boring because she won't drink enough. No. Um, yeah, that's, but I, that's what we need. Oh, that's what we need 100%, in office, right? We need people 100%, that, yeah. and that's what my campaign's about. You know, people always said as, I know, wish all politicians <laughs> could be as relatable as you. I think the whole world would feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm hoping that that flies because that's yeah. what people are saying right now. They're saying we want real people to step up and yeah. do this. And I'm hoping, and it's been, it's been challenging on the campaign trail right. because we are so programmed just like we've been programmed about technology and what a tech guy looks like. Right. And that's been hard for women. Right, right. We're so programmed about this is what a candidate looks like. It's true. Right. Yeah. I'm no, they're supposed to be a liar. No, they're supposed <laughs> to be a jerk. Right. No, they're supposed to be unrelatable. Right. Like all these right. things and have this, this air about them when they walk in a yeah. room and be very aloof and all these things. And so it's one thing to say that we want this. And I'm hoping that the voters come out and say, yeah, we actually do really want this. We're not still programmed to think you've got to come across like this. T- you know, I'm right. little and you're seeing me in right, person right. and we get, I get asked it a lot. Is she tough enough? I'm like, based <gasps> on what? Based it's on never the appearance. Even, it's never even crossed my mind. But I see, yeah. I think potentially it, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to guess potentially it didn't cross my mind because you don't carry yourself as little. You carry yourself. No, I genuinely. Good, I, thank you. <laughs> until you said it right now, and I yeah. still don't think it, but it didn't occur to, like zero percent. My mentor um, teaches women how to be their most powerful leader. Mm. And 
I don't know. I look at you and I'm like, yeah, she, she's got that thing that my mentor has, that sparkle of power where you're approachable, but yet don't mess with you. You know, you're too smart to be messed with, but you're absolutely approachable if you're the right, if you're leading from the right place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think everyone still has, has that. You're very attuned. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Pisces. <laughs> That explains it, right? It's between, a world between, over here. <laughs> between astrology and personalities and tests, like you probably have that one that really can pick up on that because I think a lot of people are so, like I said, we're just programmed. We're working on it. Yeah, I think yeah. what's happening right now, people, it's breaking down those perceptions and that's good. The yeah. fact that women are running in general across the country in droves is breaking down those yeah. perceptions, which is nice. One of my favorite questions to yeah. ask people is uh, what's one huge challenge you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? What did you learn from it? You know, it's, it's probably not the one you expected, but going through kind of the startup phase. And so I've been in several startups in the tech world and I've had my own businesses as well, but going through that phase and having two babies <laughs> I'm so glad and working for two men yeah. and, and, and they're great and I love them and they'll hear this and I'll be like, what are you saying? Um, but really I say that because we as women have had to, and I think we're in this, we're the generation particularly that has had to do, deal with this the most. So you can have it all was the message. Right. And so many women fought for us to have that. And we're here now with this moment of you can, but it's really hard. Yeah. And going through, and you know, in tech, I mean, the hours are long. It's hard, particularly yeah. when we were transitioning from one brand to another to create this startup, this product totally. company. And it was, okay, well, do you think eight weeks is enough? You know, I mean, cause we were a small yeah. company. They didn't have to do anything and they did, but it was, it was hard on me because I felt like I had to keep proving myself. Nobody yeah. made me do that. Right, right. But as a woman, I felt like I got to keep, I got to be there for my team. I was worried. I yeah. was, the, I was the woman in labor on my phone. Right. Because the team, you know, I went into labor early. Well, there's so much to be done. Yeah. And what's the team going to do? And so that was probably the biggest challenge for me was to go through both those. And I went through two pregnancies with this company to go through both, to be able to successfully feel like I'm there enough for my kids, for my babies. Yeah. Um, and do that the way that, you know, women want to, you want to take care of your kids the way you want to, everybody yeah. has a different choice, totally. whether, whether it's with breastfeeding or whatever it totally. is and still be able to be there for my team. It was really important for me. And so hardest thing I've ever done. Um, I, and of course I think with everything you have some regrets and some things you would do differently, right. but, but I'm proud of that. I'm proud how, of that. How old are your kids now? Um, the older one is four and a half and the little one's almost three. So are you familiar that the prime minister of New Zealand is pregnant? Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Record really, breaking. I, I yeah, just right. got back from right. interviewing women in tech in New Zealand. Very exciting. Yeah. And so I feel like you're an example of leading with not letting motherhood, like leading with both motherhood and being a business leader mm -hmm. in tandem. And mm -hmm. I think we need more examples of that. What can you share with us on, I, I mean, do you feel differently about how you handled it? Would you have done it the same? What can you share with us about how to be both at once? I think I would have done most of it the same because it's my personality type. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I regret is probably feeling like, yeah, you know, I can work through that eight weeks that I'm supposed to be off because right. I need to, because my team needs me. And I think putting more trust in people. And also mm -hmm. as a woman, it's part of it's trust in your team. Yeah. But part of it is that worry. I think we do this yeah. and I'll admit that I did it, yeah. that you worry that you're going to get replaced, that they won't miss you. They oh, won't need really? you. There's a little bit of that, no matter what accomplishment you have. And I yeah. think, I mean, I'm a rather confident person and I've done a lot of, yeah. but I always, there's that little part of you. And I think yeah. it depends on the makeup of your team and who you have, but 
there was a little bit of that for me that yeah. I, cause, and I didn't realize I was doing it till I would question it. I'm like, why do I feel like I have to do this with yeah. the second, with my second son? Yeah. I was like, why am I doing this again? Cause it was hard yeah. the first time. I know better now. Yeah. And I think it would, I think it's that. I think as women, we are so concerned about being there for everybody. Yeah. And that includes our employers or our so teams. True. You know, that is our role. And that's what we've been brought up to, to do is we take care of everyone else. Yeah. But not ourselves. So I would 100%. have, I would have at least taken, even if it was a short leave, taken my leave a little yeah. more seriously as yeah. my time. You know, for me, I don't know if you ever, if you resonate with this. I heard a long time ago. Um, probably from some business book that the most respected leaders are the ones that work the hardest. And so I feel that if I, 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 I'm a pretty big advocate on um, t- self health, uh, health mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but Wellness. my, yeah, but my natural state, hence I haven't slept in two days, just getting everything done. Right. Yeah. And I haven't been partying or anything exciting like You've that. Working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I worked through the night because I was okay. Two things. One, I worked I through the night because what do they say? There's only an, a certain amount of hours in the day. I'm like, all right, let me get some me some right. more hours. You know? like, I'll find them. Yeah. You watch me. Right. Pretty yeah. Much. Right. That's been my mentality. <laughs> right. And so, but, um, what I was going to say is if I, I feel when I'm not the hardest working person in my company, how can my team respect me and right. work uh, at least within a certain yeah. percentage of yes. me, you know? Yes. I, yeah. I, I still don't know what to do about that. You know, I think part of it is, is working. I agree with that. Cause I was the same way. It was like, yeah. I always felt like I had to pull the extra weight or make sure everything was okay constantly. Right. But I think that we tend to do that more. And I don't know. I, I've written some pieces on confidence versus competence with men and oh, women. I want to read it. Where can yeah, I'll send us? it to yeah. you. I started, before I decided to run, I started, I tried to start something called Listen for Her, which was about <gasps> getting people. Yeah. And so I'll send it to you. It's on Medium. But um, trying to get people to recognize those subtle things that like women say in meeting rooms yeah. or like, oh, that's just my opinion because we're so worried about and how we can change right. and help ourselves, empower right. ourselves, but also get those companies and those other, the people in the room yeah. to say, to recognize, to yeah. recognize that. But so I think that men just have a natural confidence about them and women, we have this underconfidence, which makes us work harder. Yeah. And I'll send you this piece. Cause it's about really, there's some, there's some research on it. It's why we're sometimes, sometimes we become more successful in what we do because we actually, we think we never think we're good enough. And yeah. that's probably also the, Huge. you know, you know, the working all night, like you're doing it because you have a lot to do, but then at some point you've got to say, okay, I trust my team. I trust my, yeah. it's not easy to do. I've been there way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to say. And, hard, and, to and you know, or sometimes even if things don't go exactly as they're supposed to, the whole thing's not going to fall apart right. or whatever it is. Right. But yeah, exactly. it's very interesting. Um, what I love about having this conversation is I think, especially for a, a new professional or a new, um, a person who desires to become a founder, I, and this was me too, is that you think someone has all the answers. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a certain spot, everything's figured out. And, uh, and the, the, there's just this secret roadmap. Right. And, um, and then you realize that it doesn't exist and you're devastated. <laughs> And then you have to create your own way. And so um, I really um, appreciate that you're sharing your story so that everybody listening can hear that, yeah, it's all possible for us to achieve whatever we want to achieve. And we all create our own journey getting there. There's no right or wrong way. And it's not easy. And nothing in life is easy. And um, that's what life is, the yin and yang and all that hokey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose hope. 
It's going to happen. Yeah. It will happen, but you'll yeah. find it again. I mean, for the me, entrepreneur's I to, dilemma. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you go up and down. And it's yeah. true. Now, sitting on the other side of two businesses, one that worked pretty good and one that was, eh, you know, uh, sitting on the other side, I can say it is true. Yeah. Those failures are okay. I'm yeah. okay with them. I've accepted them. But when you're going through it, yeah. no matter what people tell you or how yeah, many books yeah. you read, right? You're yeah. just like, but no, I have to make this work. And you'll yeah. do things that you probably shouldn't do to try right. to make it, to totally. make it work. Totally. And you'll pay the price for a while. But, 100%. you know, I mean, yeah, we all have to get to that point ourselves. That's just part of the, the process. And like I said, you'll lose hope. I mean, for me, I always say this, I gained hope when I decided I'm going to run for Congress. And we've seen the momentum people have because I was starting to lose hope. And this promise that women in tech and women in general were kind of being promised and right. feeling like I'm working so hard. Right. You know, where's the, where's that dream part of this? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm excited <laughs> so, for you. All right. Yeah. Two last questions. Okay, Very right. easy ones. Oh, I like easy ones. One, what's your favorite tech tool? Can be a mobile app, can be anything. <sighs> See, can that's be not easy for me. I'm one of these people. Can I just have a non-answer? Yeah. I'm a non-favorites person. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like when people yeah. say, what's your favorite book? I'm like, uh, what's oh, your favorite shit, movie? That yeah. was the next question. <laughs> I'm really a non-favorites person. People ask me this now as campaigning, like, well, who would you vote for, for this or that? Like that current representative. Right. I'm like, don't do that to me. I'm a not like, it's yeah. just, I mean, I would have to make those decisions, but I'm just a non-favorites person. I just never, I don't know what it is. I've never been able to to do that. Okay. Obviously I don't know what your answer is. <laughs> I, I obviously don't know what your answer is going to be to the next question. And, and, and our lovely editor, Adam can cut it out if there's no answer at all. However, Adam, leave that in. Okay, best quote that you've ever heard or like best piece of advice you've been given. Um, when you lose hope, it's not, this is not word for word, but it's Gandhi. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Yeah. I love that. And where do you think, and I rarely say things like this because I don't like it to be man versus woman, but this is just so true for females. Where do you think the boundary is between self-nurturing and serving? I think women struggle with that boundary. Um, and that's a good one. I don't know that there, I, I don't think for women there is much of a boundary. I think it's, that is part of the nurturing for me. And like I said, I found hope again in this campaign. And I truly mean that because yeah. I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know, personally, professionally, everything just felt like it was gone. And right. so I wasn't self-nurturing because I was so upset. You get in right. that cycle of kind of just like right. despair and doing this as hard as it has been as challenging. And like, I'm learning so much. It's, it is, it has given me this new sense of hope in so many things yeah. and that's nurturing me, you know? Yeah. I still work out and try to take care of myself right. and eat well, but those right. things are, it's different. It's that soul part of it and, and connecting with that. That's so important that I think that service to others is, is what nurtures me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. How can people connect with you one last time? The website is Anita for Arizona.com. And I'm going to give you my email, direct email too, because I love to talk to people. So it's Anita at Anita for Arizona.com, F-O-R spelled out. And it's A-N-I-T-A. A-N-I-T-A. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Anita, for hanging out with the Women in thank, Tech podcast. Thank you. This was so much fun. I really appreciate oh it. Oh my gosh. You're such an inspiration. If you want to connect with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. I will talk to you guys, hear you guys, see you guys in the next episode. Remember to say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can even get a Women in Tech sticker. Bye. 
Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work, and their clients. And so essentially, that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just a couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.